course Shadow Stalking 101 is available through the show notes. In this course, you're going to learn the art and practice of somatic shadow integration using the synchrosoma method. Through this work, you will develop the skills and practices to take with you through everything that you do in this life. We learn how to work with reality from our biggest identity, witness consciousness. Join me there. Now let's get started with the show. Hi, I'm Melissa Meter, and this is the Synchrosoma Podcast. Remember to subscribe. Find me at Instagram at Synchrosoma. My email is synchrosoma at gmail.com and on the web, synchrosoma.com. If we don't have a cross-cultural myth that we are involved in, we will end up with a personal myth that we are unconscious to. That's a nearly direct quote from Jungian Robert Moore. And let's decode that for today's episode about personal myths and universal myths, cultural myths, myths we might be involved in, the monomyth. Let's work with this idea. So his, his idea of being trapped in a personal myth is that we don't have the consciousness of the bigger workings of the non-personal layer, what I like to think of as the universal layer, or you can think of it as transpersonal or collective unconscious. It doesn't really matter. But the idea is that we're all involved in sort of matching myths, and we are involved in the hero's journey, the mono-myth, which is part of every day, part of every lifetime, part of every conflict, part of every issue. So what makes us, why would we want to leave a personal myth for a cultural myth or a universal myth? Like, why would we want to um, maybe even abandon, abandon our personal myth? The thing that we're actually letting go of is that it's personal, we, we can take a personal myth and start to get the universality of it. We can get how it matches and how it is part of a greater collective phenomena. And this is a really great thing to do. This is one of the four agreements. Take nothing personally. And what happens is sometimes we get involved in what I call the trap the idea that I am trapped inside of this situation, dynamic issue, uh, conflict with somebody, um, uh, you know, my abuse history, something that keeps me small and personal. And so coming out of that and, and matching it to a cultural myth or a collective universal framework gives me freedom that makes me bigger and the container of this dynamic 
There's a framework that I use pretty much all the time with my clients and the work I do. This is a big part of my course, Shadow Stalking 101, is developing what we can understand as witness consciousness, shakshi in Sanskrit, which is the ability to witness self, witness ego, witness personal story from a larger identity, from the biggest identity, from the container. One of the biggest identities we can get that um, connects us to super soul, the collective soul, the thing that is containing us. And when we are able to witness or get that bigger identity, that bigger container, we're actually containing the trap. We've become the trapper. We're holding our reality from a much bigger place that's outside of space and time. It's omnipresent. It, it, it detaches or dissociates from the content of my personal story or personal past in order to make this bigger room for not knowing, for receiving, for, un- for, for awareness that I just can't get if I'm wrapped up in my identity, if I'm wrapped up in the, you know, the, the story that might be of, of that I'm a victim or that I've been hurt. It doesn't matter. That's not a judgment call. It's just whatever's keeping me tied inside of the trap or inside of my personal identity if it's um if i'm tied to that i am inside of the trap rather than being the trap or, or holding the trap or being this bigger container i want to do that because when i stay identified with my personal self i'm involved in a polarized experience with the world. And if you listen to my bad simulation, good reality, or, uh, you know, a a lot of these podcasts, these podcasts are basically all about the same thing. I mean, the truth is, if you listen to these podcasts, it's going to, there's something like 65 of them now. If you listen to these, you're going to really start to get that I'm talking about essentially the same set of of ideas and and a cosmology that is a very very cross-cultural universal truth. I'm bringing in things from different parts of the globe, but they all talk about the same things. That's another thing to get. If you're for example in a religious framework that isn't involved with truth that is cross-cultural, you're probably in a small identity, a personal identity. You might think you're in a spiritual identity and you're not. You're in a personal one because truth is universal. It is cross-cultural. You're going to find it in all the cultures. You're going to find it everywhere. Okay, let's take, I think I've used this example already. I mean, I repeat myself. I know I repeat myself. Let's take gravity. Everywhere you go on the planet, people are going to agree that you're stuck to the earth. They may not call it gravity. If we find some un, uh, unvisited culture in a very remote place, they might not call this gravity, but they're going to agree that we don't float. Now, at a, at a you know more universal or um, 
mystical layer of reality, we might have some myths that involve levitation. We might have uh, special metaphors about magicians who can float. And even that can be found cross-culturally in mythology. This uh, different beings, whether they have wings or not, that float. So we can't see them, but you know, we know where that comes from. There's this this mythology around that. So just as kind of like a strange example, something that connects us all is the idea of gravity. It just it's it's just a, a universal truth. We're all experiencing it. Otherwise we'd be walking around and seeing people floating and we don't. This is a truth. It it's not necessarily a scientific fact. I'm not talking about science. I'm talking about a universal truth. It doesn't matter how you label it. It's just something that connects us all. So if your religion or culture has something that isn't universal, it's probably not true. And that's why it's so good to have a cultural experience and even a universal experience and a transpersonal experience of cosmologies and truths that, that, go across all space and time. This is really good. So the bigger your, the other thing that's really interesting is the bigger these things get, the less things there are. So you'll find less and less concretized truths. There's not, there's not many things. In fact, I think there, in terms of science, there's like 10 laws or something. There's not, there's not a lot of laws. There's a lot of facts. There's a lot of theories there's, there's billions of hypotheses, but there's only a few laws, you know, and I think even relativity might be uh, speculative. I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist, but, but my point is that, that there's not a lot of truth that people like you and I can understand and adhere to, but there are some that are pretty fundamental. Beyond that, if you've got rules and stuff going on in your personal myth, you can investigate it. You can go, well, how true is this? How, how much does it matter? How true is it? So examples of personal mythology are, say I take my personal abuse history and I have a cast of characters that's kind of you know, these specific people or these kinds of people, maybe I can even like match them to fairy tale stories or pop cultural stories, you know, a movie framework or, or something, you know, Star Wars, something that's that's related to a monomyth. And that's a good start. So I, I start to take my personal story and I go, well, in my personal story, I've got a Darth Vader. And in my my history, my childhood, I have a Darth Vader. I have some I have some different people that have those characteristics. Then I start to get it that it's not about this person or or but it might be a you know exemplified in this event or this experience or this dynamic. But this Darth Vader character is actually, you know, a an example of shadow. And then if I do that, not like I do with my waking dream or my dream interpretation, my sleeping dream or waking dream interpretation, I can go, well, this Darth Vader character is actually a version of me on the outside that that I can decode as a version of myself. And this is what we do when we get into myth, is we see ourselves in the myth 
whether it's personal or or matched with a universal tale and then I have witness I have I'm narrating the story I'm seeing the story from a bigger identity the container the one outside of the trap holding the trap the greatest gift that comes from holding the trap and holding everything as part of my personal universal cultural myth is that all the characters are free, are liberated from my blame, resentment, you know, whatever I have had them cast as, I can just, I can just have them in a, a symbolic position. What that does is it gives me an opportunity to get to know the actual person, not the one that I've blamed, projected on, whether it's golden shadow or or black shadow i have been able to let them free of my position that does i always say this too that doesn't mean that if somebody's like abusive or toxic that you're supposed to just go yay now we're friends i've taken you out of projection of being a villain or something it's not about that if somebody has behavior towards you that is less than kind absolutely there there's no reason to hang out of them but hang out with them but you can decode their behavior find it how it relates to a part of you in shadow and integrate it you know that's the gift that's the gift of getting a much bigger identity as witness getting a much bigger container for everything and everyone everywhere in connection with super soul you know, all space and time, Soma, our collective web of energy that we vibrate, we get real this way. It's, it's, there's no separation when we're in witness, when we're enmeshed, when we're in a small story, a small identity, that's when we're separated. So if we can get this larger and larger and larger version of self, in connection with the all, then we're going to feel that we are truly, truly real and in, in reality, which is, you know, the biggest myth of all is where we are right here, right now, in the good reality that is connected. If you enjoy the content here or you read my Instagram posts and you enjoy that content, one way you can really help me is to share it with your friends and people you really care about. I'm dedicated to bringing somatic shadow integration practices to anybody who wants tools they can use on their own for their inner work and feel themselves growing and evolving. I have a lot of courses. There's more stuff coming out this year. The big thing is the heart path. I hope you can join me for that. Of course, you can find Shadow Stalking 101 in the show notes. And I do coaching one-on-one. I also have a series of courses, Slay Your Dragons, 
which helps us get into our personal archetypes and, and make things that had been enemy or disconnected from us allies in our soul growth. And then we work with the guardians of manifestation and truth. That's sort of like the next layer after Slayer Dragons. And I've started a coach training for people who want to get into this work and make it their vocation. I'm really glad you joined me for this podcast and find me here again next Tuesday for more shadow stalking, shadow integration, and somatic shadow integration practices. Thank you for listening to the Synchrosoma podcast. I'm Melissa Meter, and you can find me here each week with another journey into the known, the unknown, and the worlds in between. If you'd like to get in touch and find out more about what I do, coaching and courses, contact me at synchrosoma at gmail.com, and you can find me on Instagram at synchrosoma. See you next time. Organically Grown on Podcast Farm.